to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Ladies and gentlemen, in this episode, I have return guest A.J. Gochik, a lawyer from California, returning. He lives right down the street from Stanford University, and he describes what's going on there. And I'll tell you what, if you thought things were bad, this is absolutely horrific. Um, and he also discusses again how apparently you can drive just a couple hours away from where he lives and you wouldn't even know that you're in California. You might actually think you're in a red state. So we discuss a number of different things regarding the current events of the day. Go ahead and give this a listen again. I want to thank AJ again for being on and I'll catch you on Friday. Stanford, uh, you know, is, is, is a university, private university, I'm sure most of your listeners know it's, it's, it's uh, one of the top um, ranked universities uh, in the country, in the world. It, it happens to be about three blocks away from my home. So I, and I walk uh, on the campus uh, at least two or three times a week. Uh, sometimes I run uh, through campus uh, for a workout. And I, I've observed a lot of things. Um, I'll also tell you about a, a faculty friend of mine, what, what he told me. But let me just kind of give you my own observations and some of the students. I've talked with some students at Stanford. I, you know, you probably do the same. Where like You try to talk with anyone you can to find out information, find out what's going on. Um, but, you know, so as I said, I, you know, I, I go on walks on campus and, and the thing I notice is students are masked. Uh, they're wearing a mask in class, uh, including uh, many of the students outdoors on bicycles. Uh, I've, I've seen NCA uh, athletes, the student athletes at Stanford, they get nasal swabbed regularly. Um, and, you know, they have a vax or uh, a negative PCR requirement to attend uh, football and basketball games. Um, and I used to I used to attend the football games um, every now and then, and I, I won't I'll, I won't do that anymore. Um, I'm not going to go along with that. Um, you know, I, better things to do, yeah. and I just I just won't subject myself to showing my papers. I won't do that. But yeah, at Stanford, uh, you know, they have uh, you know you need to show proof of vaccination to enroll. They started that back in. Like, I think it was August or September, and they were one of the first. Um, so, yeah, so you need to be, be double-jabbed, and you have to show proof uh, to enroll at Stanford. And, and there are very few students, from what I hear, are, are granted exemptions. Um, and I, I think at least maybe 90, 95%, 98% of the students and staff are vaxxed. Uh, if you're one of the uh, – if you're one of the few – unvaxxed then you know you have to complete a daily uh, health check you get pcr tested twice a week and there are other restrictions and uh well even if you are even if you are uh, double jabbed uh you still have to uh get tested once a week and and the students there they carry uh they carry around what's called a, a health badge <laughs> that sounds horrible. Uh, wow. So they carry this. I know. They carry a health badge at Stanford, and that's to gain access to, you know, to the cafeterias, the gym, the library, and other places. And the the badge is only supposed to grant access to these places, you know, to the, to the cafeteria, the gym, to students who who regularly test uh, negative, uh, but. Well, but that's the thing. That, that's the other thing. Um, you know, it, uh, you know, these students are getting tested every week, and the results take like three days. So, 
Um, I mean, none of this makes sense. But what I hear about the health badge is that um, they're not synced yet with the weekly PCR test results. So they, they stay green all the time. So they, uh, you're basically permitted access to the gym, you know, the, the, the library, the cafeteria. And, and I have heard that some students, uh, they, they stopped getting tested months ago. It kind of reminds me of that, of your North, uh, I'm sorry, your New Mexico teacher guest who, yeah. who doesn't get tested and, and nobody enforces it. Right. So because the badges are not yet synced up with the PCR test results, the um, many students are just they're just not doing that anymore. They're not going in for weekly testing. Uh, and, you know, there are a few there are some conservative and libertarian uh, oriented students at Stanford. And, you know, they don't like uh, having to wear a mask everywhere and and go through this and. Um, so one of the ways around wearing a mask is, is just taking a class online and, uh, about 15 to 20% of all the classes at Stanford are, are online, are still online. Um, all the language classes are online, you know, because, uh, yeah, I guess they figure if you're going to learn a new language, uh, wearing, having a mask on interferes with your pronunciation, <laughs> but, but, the, yeah. <laughs> but, yeah, but they won't, but they won't let you come into class and take your mask off. So they do that on zoom. Uh, and many of the humanities classes tend to be online. And I think that's because the department is so woke leftist that, uh, some of the snowflake professors are still uncomfortable teaching in person. Uh, so that so that's one way around uh, the, get, trying to get around the mask requirement. Um, and the other is just to try to take classes that are offered by the relatively few uh, Hoover Institution fellows who also are, are full-time faculty members. You know, Stanford has yeah. the Stanford has the Hoover Institution. It's a it's a conservative think tank on on campus, and and Condi Condoleezza Rice is the um, the director of that. And a lot of the Hoover uh, fellows who teach, uh, they're more likely to be against masking, and so they'll move the classes outdoors. And and, and then the students don't have to wear a mask. Um, uh, you know, from some of the students that I've talked to, you know, campus life has changed for the worse. You know, there's not as many club activities anymore or traditions. I mean, the leadership has really failed. Um, and, and, and here's here's a really um, um, weird thing. Uh, you know, you're not going to believe this, but the the elected student representatives at Stanford, you know, the student senate that they have, they're pushing for more stringent COVID measures. <laughs> yeah. More stringent. Yeah, you know, as if universal masking, <laughs> vax requirements, weekly PCR testing, social distancing isn't enough. That they think that the university hasn't done enough. What, what what measures could they possibly implement that would be more stringent than what already exists? Yeah, I, I know exactly. I don't know daily <laughs> daily PCR testing, Good all classes Lord. online. Um, you know, and, and Stanford's experiencing uh, labor shortages too. You know, we talk about like shortages of supply chains. They, they can't find enough workers, so they have reduced cafeteria hours. Uh, other on-campus dining options are limited. Yeah, and the library closes a lot earlier than it used to. 
So their main library is the Green Library, and, and that's the name of the library. And that used to be open until midnight, but now closes around 6 or 7 p.m. just because they don't have enough workers. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and you know it's weird. Is the students are students are afraid to challenge the measures um, and to walk around maskless. You know they don't want anyone. They don't want to be accused of being a, a Republican, you know, or, or a Trump supporter. Um, I talked to one student who lives in a who lives in one of the sophomore dormitories on campus. You know, and she was telling me how like you know the common areas in the dormitory, like the lounge, that used to be places to socialize and meet other students in your dorm but now like who wants to talk with someone you know when you're masked up and so as everyone in the common areas are so she says she just goes down to grab a snack and heads right back to her dorm room um and the same student she told me how she organized a debate uh with another student and as part of the debate society on campus and they held it in one of the dorm meeting rooms and during the debate, she lowered her mask so the audience could understand her better, you know, more clearly. And one of the uh, one of the students in the audience spoke up and said, "Put up your mask. That's dangerous." Uh, <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the, at the end of the debate, the same angry student lectured, started lecturing her. You know, that's irresponsible. Your mask should always cover your mouth and nose in public. Um, and, oh, you're going to like this one, Sean. After the Kyle Rittenhouse verdict, you know, yeah. which which was a no-brainer in my opinion, sure. should have never been should have never been brought to begin with. Uh, the students at Stanford received an anti-racism toolkit. <laughs> it was emailed to them by the, the computer science department of all departments. You know, oh I mean, you know, talk about science and engineering here. So the, the computer science department emailed this uh, anti-racism toolkit uh, with PDF copies of books by authors like, you know, I don't know if you've heard of Asada Shakur. Uh, uh, that's a, a convicted terrorist of the Black Liberation Army. Wow. Yeah, she, uh, she was involved in the New Jersey Turnpike shootout that resulted uh, in the death of a, of a state trooper. And I think she escaped, somehow escaped prison, is in Cuba. Um, also, uh, copies of Ibrahim X. Kendi, you know, you there probably you heard of the famous sure. race hustler, Robin DiAngelo, yep. White Fragility. Yep. Uh, yeah, and I think it was some uh, one of the authors from one of the, from the 1609 project also. And all the students were offered psychological counseling <laughs> because of the verdict. It's and, an absolute, I mean... <laughs> Again, no, no offense, but it is an absolute mental institution. Oh, oh, absolutely! It's psychological sickness. No joke. Uh, yeah, and and Stanford also has something called surveillance testing. You know, sounds like something right out of 1984. Um, it, it was originally supposed to be used for implementing and tracking rapid testing, but they're not doing that. They're still doing the, P the regular PCR test that takes three days. But this surveillance testing has evolved into like a database, a data collection system to keep track of cases, hospitalizations, and, and who knows what. Uh, and I also, hear, I also hear that there are long lines on campus to get the flu vaccine. So, so not only the students are double jabbed, they're flu vaccinated, and you know they have the boosters coming. Uh, it's not required yet, but I'm sure they're probably going to roll that out here 
um, pretty soon. I mean, it's all, it's, it's all ridiculous. Um, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, I, I just, I still, I can't believe just from my own observations, um, when I walk on campus, just how, how compliant the students are with everything. I think girls even more than boys. Maybe I don't know, fear of bullying or harassment. I know in, in the K through 12 uh, grade levels that the students police each other. Sometimes the students are worse than the teachers, uh, especially the younger kids. Uh, you know, as I said, the students are all masked up. They're outdoors. They're on their bikes, following the arrows. With, you know, not wearing. They may not be wearing a bike helmet, but they're but they have their mask on and they're social distance social distancing and and they're just afraid of, of speaking out. Nobody wants to be accused of being a Trump supporter. Uh, and I, and I do have a friend who's a faculty member uh, there, and um, <laughs> what he told me is that. Um, you know, get this. You, 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 you know, it's you're not allowed to meet in your office with a colleague if, if both of you are vaccinated, and say both of you tested negative on that day, unless you both wear a mask. And then you have to, yeah, you, you have to keep them on all the time in class, and it's uh, and it's really difficult to teach <laughs> with a mask for two hours, let's say. Uh, and, and what he told me is that basically attention on Zoom, you know, that fades after a bit, you know, when the class is online. Mm. And, and he said you need a small class in, in a shorter session to be generally effective. And with grad students, uh, the language issues are harder. You have more foreign students um, with, um, in grad school. And, and what he was saying was that he had to take his students out to lunch just so he could see and talk to them, you know without without a mask uh and and he paid for it himself he wasn't reimbursed it's no biggie but uh he said he said even reimbursements for off-campus events are blocked unless they play by the university rules i mean the administration is top down well with with no no consultation or feedback and i know it's just one university but you know others like Stanford, other like, you know, let's say um, Ivy League schools, elite schools, uh, maybe in public schools, you probably know that more, more than I do, but they're all more or less in the same camp. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's tyranny. Yeah. I mean, it's all, all, it's, it's all for, for basically a nothing disease. Uh, and, you know, instead of, uh, instead of promoting and protecting freedom, you know, colleges and universities are just turning into those little tyranny centers. And, and they're just conditioning their folks to not challenge authority. Now, it's like, it's like communism uh, on, on, on U.S. soil. And, and, you know, I, I, I work for uh, Indian River State College in Florida. Uh, I'm an attorney for them. And um, I do a lot of IP. I do a lot of IP work. I, I help them out with some of their business initiatives and contracts. By contrast, let me just tell you about, let me tell you about Indian River. Absolutely. Uh, it's in Florida. Yeah, it's in Florida. Um, they, they, uh, they have optional vaccine and mask policies. Only about one percent wear masks at Indian River, and I would say of the of the staff and faculty, maybe seventy percent. I mean, that's way too high, but seventy percent are vaccinated, and about thirty percent maybe have taken boosters. But the students are ninety nine percent maskless, and maybe forty percent vaccinated at best. 
And in less than 10 days, we're going to be hosting uh, the largest graduation that uh, that we've had with 800 students. You know, I'm not really sure what the other Florida schools are doing, but this will be our third in-person graduation in 12 months. And uh, you know, the president, nobody will be wearing a mask, you know, yeah. be shaking hands and hugging, you know. Um, that you know, should just my, prove, I mean, that should prove to everybody that this is not a, I mean, illness doesn't work that way regarding borders. Exactly. Uh, it's, uh, my God, it is just uh, mind bending. I mean, Stanford University, that's clearly a testing ground for what they want to implement everywhere if they could. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah, definitely. That's next level. And I got to tell you something. You know, the more that I listen and, and ask questions and read and whatever, the, the spectrum of situations and scenarios that you hear and policies and rules and this and that, that spectrum just gets bigger and bigger and bigger every single yeah. time that I, that I hear something like that. Um, let, well, let, I, let me ask you well, about the population. Well, exactly. Yeah. What are the, po what's the population like at Stanford now, given all of these, um, all of this, you know, fascist Marxist nonsense. I mean, it, 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 does it pass the eyeball test for you? Like, again, I've, I've driven I around, have, I've driven around campus here at Miami, and I mean, it's dead empty. But, you know, that, that that's a really good question. Uh, from from my observations, it, it does appear that there are fewer students on campus. Now, I don't know if they're just all just staying inside their rooms more than we're taking classes online. Uh, what I hear is sort of the big brand name schools are, are keeping their enrollment numbers up, but they're having to lower their, their admission standards. I think that's, that's kind of what I'm hearing. Yeah. They're not as selective maybe. So just, to, just to try to keep their numbers up, but I'm not seeing the crowds on campus that I used to. You can go there like around lunchtime, and it used to be packed. You'd see a lot of students. I'm almost like there'd be like bicycle accidents everywhere, just because there was so many students on bicycles on the campus. I don't really see much of that anymore. So I mean, that may be something else that they're covering up, but it just feels really dead. Yeah. And hardly anyone is going to like the football games or the basketball games. You know, it's not like Stanford had a lot of fans attending to begin with, like two years ago or five years ago. But I mean, they they played Notre Dame. Um, what was it like two weeks ago? Before I think it was like that Thanksgiving weekend. Was it? They played Notre Dame. Usually, that's a sellout. When you play Notre Dame, that's a sellout, and, and their stadium holds fifty thousand. They had maybe fifteen thousand, fifteen to twenty maximum show up for that game. Uh, and I'm sure some of that has to do with just fans not wanting to disclose their vaccination status, offended yeah. by the. Um, Offended by that, you know, show me your papers. Uh, but you know that, that that's a really good question about just what I'm just the eyeball test. It just it, it appears that there's just not as many students on campus. That's what it. But I don't know again if it's more because it's moved online. If their numbers, I don't know if their numbers are down um, or what's going on. But it, it, I mean, it just it, it just has a real different feel to it than it used to. But to put it that way. I mean, it's just incredible. Um, I mean, there, you know, there's a 
I don't know if you've um, – well, let me ask you this, too, based on something you said earlier. You, you said that when students go off campus, basically off campus is the only place where they can sort of meet face-to-face -face and have conversations and live without a mask. So there's no there's no mask mandates in the restaurants and the other places around – Oh, there are. So, yeah. So in, uh, in, in Palo Alto, which is in Santa Clara County, they do have what they call mask mandates. And, you know, you know, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Those, those things are really not enforceable and I don't think they would really hold up in court, but you know, the signs are everywhere where it says mask required. Um, almost everyone is wearing a mask indoors. I, I, I won't, I won't do it. I don't do that, but um, and I'm like the only one. Uh, so everyone indoors is wearing a mask unless they're eating, <laughs> unless they're in a restaurant eating. Uh, outdoors, you'd be surprised how many people are wearing a mask outdoors, just walking around outdoors. Oh, it's you know? incredible, I know. It, uh, it's, yeah, it, it, it's something else. Um, but I, it's still, I guess, I guess compared to Stanford, it's still, con it's more free. Um but but they're not good. Stanford's not doing the things they used to do. Like you know, they have like a pretty popular ski club where they go to like Tahoe for that's canceled. They would like uh, you know the, the the school would offer trips to like some of the um, uh, national parks or uh, maybe to go down to Santa Barbara for a weekend. They don't do that anymore. Uh, but let me tell you, around here. Um, you know, even though we are in the Bay Area, even though it's one of the most locked down as far as like masks and, and uh, I mean, it's just horrible as far as the restrictions go. You can drive two hours east, maybe two hours south or two or three hours north and you feel like you're in a you're in a different state. You know, well, this is like it was over uh, well over Thanksgiving. I, I took my family. Uh, we drove three hours north uh, to Shasta County, and what I did was I looked on the electoral map of California, and I and I looked for the reddest part of the state, and it happened to be Shasta County. It was two to one Republican and <laughs> Democrat, and I just told my family, you know, we're going there for thanksgiving nice. and we spent five days in shasta county it's about 200 miles north of us closer to the a little closer to the oregon border and as i said it's the reddest part of the state and it felt almost like 2019 again i mean we had a great time I mean, it's just like it was like freedom it was like freedom again and it was like my wife was really shocked and she's like why are we living under communism when other <laughs> when others just you know, a two, three hour drive away are free. And there are very few mask wearers in Shasta County. Uh, we walk, we went to Walmart twice on that trip them just to walk around and see all the maskless people just to see faces you know, and in and out burgers you know which i which i support even more now the employees were all maskless very few very and, and as far as the people wearing masks I, a lot of them i think were visitors and tourists you know the hotel staff was still masked and i had conversations with them and you know I, and i know they don't like it and they told me it's their corporate office in chicago that dictates the rules but you know and i and i always tell whoever is helping me that they don't have to wear a mask around me that i want them to breathe freely the mask doesn't help and it's only going to get worse when people comply with tyranny um it's so uh, that's so i would so yeah i, I mean i wanted to point that out to you that, uh, yeah. how, that you know how, how bad it 
it is, as far as how there are restrictions, you can kind of get away from it if you're just willing to drive a couple hours east or south or, or north of the Bay Area. Um, uh, Sean, I want to tell you a little bit about like some of the things I hear from my friends when work, who work in high tech, if you don't mind. Yes, yeah, go like, for just it. Go in there a little bit. You know, the tech companies around here like Google, Facebook, Apple, I mean, they're all, you know, going along with uh, with the vax mandates they're kind of following the leader now, even if you, even if like the ceo or president of one of these companies even if they want to be neutral about covid let's say they don't want to be in the news for not implementing covid restrictions vaccine mandates and i think part of it is part of it is fear of lawsuits you know if an employee gets covid let's say and the company didn't have a vaccine or mask requirement they might open themselves up for lawsuits even though it's you know been really hard to prove causation mm-hmm. um but you know and I, but i think they're also part of the plan a lot of these companies are part of the plan part of the agenda you know yeah. where you know they want to control they just they, they want more power more control um you know <laughs> you know well, population reduction is part of it. I think it's just control. I don't want everything digitized. You want us to all have walking around with our digital IDs and they can track us um, and, you know, do away with the paper money and all that stuff. Uh, I mean, I know it sounds a little conspiratorial, but uh, I, I think they're all in it. Yeah. Uh, I, I have a good friend of mine. Uh, I'll just tell you a little personal story. I have a good friend of mine who works for a software company uh, in Mountain View, which is right next door to Palo Alto. And he's one of these, these natural health guys, vegan, anti-vax. His company gave him a November 19th deadline to get vaxxed or lose your job. And, you know, of course, it was, it was really weighing on him. I mean, you know, he, but he had a plan that he worked out with his, uh, with his uh, nature, naturopathic doctor. And what his naturopathic doctor told him, he said, look, I'm against all the vaccines. I think they're all poison. I wouldn't take any of them. But if they put a gun to my head, I would go with the single dose Johnson & Johnson shot. You know, and of course, they're all risky. And so my friend had it all planned out. He was going to go do ozone treatment right before the right before the covid injection you know i was gonna do it was gonna take uh i was gonna do like some vitamin c treatments injections um some uh, and then more ozone for for like some subsequent days and weeks to kind of neutralize the the spike proteins and then he was going to take a lot of um plus some chlorine dioxide this is all this is all to minimize the damage and to try to destroy the the spike proteins so he kind of you know kind of load up on the chlorine dioxide but luckily for him I mean, for all of us, actually. But, but, you know, at the 11th hour, the Fifth Circuit Court of Appeals decision came down that that stayed the uh, the vaccine mandates. And then OSHA, OSHA suspended their action two days before my friend was to get the jab. And my friend was able to get an extension. He contacted uh, HR and he got an extension until January 4th. So, I mean, he can sleep better now, but who knows what's what's going to happen you know, come next month and, you know, in, in January, uh, I have a faculty friend, uh, in, in Alabama <laughs> and, and you might not know this, but Alabama also has a vaccine, Alabama, some of the universities in Alabama have a vaccine requirement for their faculty and staff, not students, but for the faculty and staff. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he was able to get a medical exemption. That, um, it was granted, it was granted. And what he did was he found, he found a common ingredient in all the vaccines and he argued that he's 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 allergic to that that ingredient 
and his, doc- his doctor agreed to write him a medical exemption note. Um, you know, but for others, you know, the med- even if you even if you can obtain a medical or religious exemption, that doesn't really help because you're not allowed to do your job effectively, like around here. You know, you, you, know, you can't have. Um, uh, you have to, you know, you just, you have more requirements, uh, like weekly PCR testing, masking at all times, you come into your office, you might not be able to, you might not be allowed to meet with your corporate clients. Um, I mean, the workplace is just not the same anymore around here, you know, more employees working online, some permanently, fewer face-to-face interactions. I mean, you really lose a lot. You know, you absorb more when you, when you see and you, and you talk with others, you know, you can see their mood, their, you know, their expressions you kind of feed off the energy of others yeah. and, and, and you, you lose all that uh, when, when, you, when, you, when you have to work online more or less permanently Sean do you know the average or do you know what the average waking is in the US since the lockdown started oh it's got to be in March of 2020 <laughs> it's got to be 25 pounds you nailed it you yeah. nailed it 25 pounds I just read that the other day and I mean, overall health has dropped. I mean, think about how gaining 25 pounds contributes to heart disease, diabetes, cancer, stroke, life expectancy goes down. I mean, leaving, leaving aside the jabs, I mean, and people, you know, people are just not going out as much. The normal walking that you would do at stores and other places, you know, as people are ordering more online not walking around the office, not seeing friends. It's like a half hour to one hour to one hour daily movement has been has been cut out. I mean team sports are cut, adult recreation leagues are cut and fewer fewer adults participating. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. I mean it's, it's something. It really is. And you know there's <clears throat> You talk about that spectrum of effects and, again, all the different sort of side effects and secondary and, and, you know, tertiary just experiences that people are having. And, you know, and they're not even necessarily thinking that that's the reason why, you know, like I'm gaining weight because I can't go out and do those things, for example. Um, There's... There's a. I came across this just today, and the video popped up um, just yesterday. But there's. A, I don't know if you've heard this guy, but there's a a funeral director in, um, in the UK. Yeah, have you heard him? I, you know, I heard him. I think uh, John it was a few months ago. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I may not have listened to him recently, but I remember him talking about that there was nothing really going on, like during so-called covid in 2020 he wasn't they weren't he wasn't experiencing a higher number of uh, of of death you know of of, of funerals yeah I don't, but but go ahead sorry no i mean that that was it but this recent video he just did yesterday he said um he said everything is spiked of course because of the jabs now and the people that he's seeing come in all of their uh, hospital records and, and death certificates are all saying the same sorts of things. And it's all jab-induced, you, you know, all kinds of things. And, and he's, yeah. he mentioned a couple of his friends in this video. It's about seven minutes long. And, okay. he, and he says, uh, one of my friends, he says they're, they're married. He said they're both jabbed. Um, he's had, he's had both jabs and his wife has only had one. 
and his wife is panicking because she feels sick and is convinced that it's because she doesn't have the second shot. Oh. <laughs> and that he is panicked because she's sick and he hasn't had the booster yet. Oh. So they've actually convinced themselves now that the reason that they're ill is because they're not getting enough shots. I mean, uh, that again, that's next level. It's even worse here. The shot's even worse. My wife's friends, they're all vaxxed. They're not even concerned, and their kids too. And they're not even concerned, like, about myocarditis, blood, even though their kids, I think I told you this last time, one of my daughter, one of my wife's friends' daughters, 12, year old, 12 years old, after the first dose, diagnosed with myocarditis. The girl can't, she can't participate in PE anymore. Uh, she has to go regular doctor visits. Uh, her, her life is ruined. Yeah. You know, yeah. And, and what's really weird is the kids go to school, but the parents stay home and they're all eager for the boosters. I was at Walgreens. I was talking to uh, one of the pharmacists over there and she was just telling me a lot of people are, are coming in and getting the boosters. And I saw a dad masked with his like six or seven year old son. And I got the feeling they were waiting to get him jabbed. And then there was another uh, mother and daughter came in. The daughter looked like she was a young teenager. Who knows what they were waiting for? It could, I, maybe, I don't think it was the flu vaccine, bad enough as that is. I think it was, it was either for one of the two doses or the boosters. And, and you know, it's weird. It's like, you know, um, and you, you've talked a lot about this with like informed consent. All the pharmaceutical drug commercials that you see, you know, they all disclose all the potential side effects, right? You know, yeah. like uh, bleeding, yeah. stroke, death. But for COVID, there is no, there is no, there are no warnings, no informed consent. And they want you to sign a paper to assume all the risk, waive your rights. You know, it's like, well, it's like, well, what's, what's going on here? My, uh, like, like even for birth control pills, for example, you know, to prevent pregnancy. Like if you're over 35, if you have a history of smoking or you're, you know, that's how you're under the risk of embolism or be careful. But with the COVID, the COVID vaccines, they say nothing. They won't say anything to you. Yeah. Someone told me recently, and I, I'm I'm kicking myself now because it, uh, it's just I've, for, I've forgotten who who exactly said this. And forgive me if you're out there listening to this, <laughs> and it was you. But someone said that they. Oh, I yeah, I know who it is now. Okay, it's a a woman I've been working with who lives out of state um, regarding some school related issues, and she says that um, her daughter works for, a, for for a doctor's office. And the form that the that you sign before you get the jab, if you even sign a form, that that's considered their informed consent. But what's on the form doesn't tell, of course, anybody about the side effects or anything. Yeah. It doesn't even touch that. It simply says that that the company doesn't know what's in it, can't tell you what's in it, and that you're okay knowing that it could be this kind of dose or this kind of dose, just sign here. And again, I'm sure that's just one example of one form that, that uh, some people are signing, but there's, no, there's absolutely no consistency across the board with any of this, and why people are still buying it is just beyond me. Yeah, you know, Sean, I'm really at the point where 
I won't go to a doctor anymore. Not like a regular allopathic doctor. No, me neither. Uh, I, I told my I told my family. It sounds sad, but I told my I told my wife and kids. If I'm ever having a heart attack or something, just leave me. Do not call the ambulance. Do not take me to a hospital. If I make it, I make it. <laughs> if I survive, I survive. You know, maybe we get a defibrillator and you guys can work on me at home. But do not send me to a uh, a hospital. That's incredible. Uh, yeah. You know, you, well, yeah. one one of the cool things too is is that. And it's, it's sort of gratifying and satisfying in kind of a sick way, but it's certainly, you, you know, you're, you're more prepared. Uh, th- there's an excellent program out there and an excellent journalist and, and host, and his name is Stu Peters. I don't know if you're familiar with him. Yeah, I am. There I you am. go. Yeah. yeah. You know, he was ill the other day, for example, and out on Telegram, he puts out all the, the list of all of the things that he took and the things that he had at his disposal. As it turns out, anybody can acquire that by just again sitting at home and buying those materials online, you know the uh-huh. the nebulizer, the three percent grade, um, yeah. f- food grade peroxide, and and this that and the other, and all uh-huh. the over the counter medicines and whatever. And then of course, I've referenced uh, on episodes in the past the telehealth medicine that I've used to acquire um, ivermectin and budesonide and a number of other things. Yeah, I've got the cures right here at my disposal multiple yeah. doses and i'm saying to myself again if you know if we can't be our own medical doctors now mm-hmm. from here on out we are in deep trouble oh i agree yeah i agree i don't tr- I, you know i don't trust these doctors anymore i don't no <laughs> no yeah, and, and, and are uh, they making the okay. connections too you know are they are they seeing that their their waiting rooms are filling up and then it just so happens that they're all jabbed. I mean, are they actually making that mental connection that uh, that it's actually the jabs that are doing all of this? That you know, I have to believe that a lot of them are making that connection, but I also have to believe the exact opposite. Yeah, and there's some cognitive dissonance going on too there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, Sean, if I could tell you a little bit about a little more about like what the schools are doing around here. Yeah, you know, please. Maybe they, some of it tell you just a little bit. I mean, they're really ramping up the PCR testing. I, not a week goes by where I don't receive a message from the school because, well, my son is homeschooling. My daughter is still in public school. Uh, and not a not a uh, a week goes by where I don't receive a message where someone tested positive for COVID or whatever, <laughs> whatever. Yeah, you know, we just these things are not specific for anything. Somebody, let's just say, tested positive, and a message comes in. Oh, your daughter is not considered a close contact. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I was telling you about my my Thanksgiving story. Uh, my daughter's friend. Uh, returned from a trip to Europe and a day or two after she returned, she was not feeling good. She was feeling kind of sick, but was afraid. She didn't want to take the PCR test either because in case it popped positive, well, then my daughter would have been uh, considered a close contact and would probably have to quarantine for, I don't know how many days. I mean, or, or, I don't know if it's like 10 days or something, but so, you know, they, they, there's that going on. Yikes. Uh, 
And, you know, the weird thing is, uh, it, it feels like even the, the private schools around here, especially the Catholic schools, they're all woke. In some ways, they might be even worse. They could be even worse than the public schools. There's, For example, there's one Catholic school in San Jose, which is about 15 miles south of, of where I live. Uh, it's in a Bay Area. Um, this Catholic school was, was discussing, the contemplating, the administration, it, uh, issuing uh, different colored bracelets to students to wear depending on their vac status oh that you know, th- that exists that 100 percent already exists in fact that's that's, our- that's been around for it's uh, in, in lots of places i would say for at least six months and the first time i even heard of that or saw yeah. that was a year ago okay i hadn't heard of that i mean i, I may yeah, have heard rumors of that but i didn't like oh, actually, it's you know it didn't really <laughs> Until I, I had a, uh, some uh, fellow, uh, you know, activist parents tell me about it, that, uh, and and that was just too much. You know, they were going to segregate students like in different playgrounds for the jabbed and the unjabbed, and that, and that was even that was even too much for some of these uh, for some of the woke parents, <laughs> and so the school had to back off. Uh, and you know, there's like a there's another school nearby. Maybe you've heard of Bellarmine. Uh, it's, it's an all boys Jesuit prep school. Now they don't yet have a vax requirement, but if you want to go to a dance that they have with, uh, with like a neighboring all girls school, you have to show proof of vaccination. So it's like, yeah. it's like, yeah, it's like punishment, you know, yeah. it's like, uh, yeah. Uh, and I have a friend who, um, who teaches at a, uh, at a very prestigious, expensive private school. I would say more, more expensive than prestigious in, in mental park, which is right right next to Palo Alto. Uh, he's a basketball coach. His players are all required to wear a mask while playing basketball. <laughs> anything as, as, as insane as that. And, and, they're, and they're all going along with it. They're all going along with it. Yes, they are. You know? You know, yeah. it's, it's just an it's, ex- it's an excellent point you, you mentioned about the private schools. You know, I'll, I'll hear a lot of people say, pull them out of the public schools, in particular the public schools, but try to find a private school or a charter school. And I'm saying to myself, these people still don't get it. It, it yeah. exists. These policies exist in private schools. I would say, I would go so far as to say even more so in private schools, because most of them, again, whether they're Catholic, Jesuit, whatever, whatever mm-hmm. category, they're all lockstep with one another. They all get the same emails. They all get the uh-huh. same orders. You know, they all have to implement the same kind of stuff. Um, and yeah, I mean, it, th- those are two categories of schools that are largely going ignored, and they're just as bad, if not worse, like you said. Yeah, and, and I hear it from because, you know, over the past. 20 months now and and maybe this is you you probably have had the same experience where you're making new friends now you're meeting people who are you know who are who are awake who know what's going on you know they're they're concerned about the the mandates and everything you know yeah and maybe you're not spending as much time with friends or family members who are who've bought into all this um so i'm i'm hearing things from these from these parents um and like the ones who send their kids to private schools around here well like they're doing mandatory weekly pcr testing um they have the these vaccine mobiles basically that come by 
and are there to vaccinate the kids and the parents were like well well, well we, we we didn't allow our, our our daughter to go to school that day because the uh the vaccine bus came by <laughs> or the vaccine van came by and we didn't want our kid getting jabbed behind back uh it's i mean it's scary uh you know and, and these are private schools <laughs> that, that are doing this yep. Yep. <laughs> yeah and we had like 30 people over our place this past saturday these are like concerned parents people that we've met at some of these um you know these um get-togethers uh who are concerned who are you know some of them are protesting the the mandates and then um you know and, and you know these are like our new friends and we had them over um it was a really nice get-together their, their kids came by um a lot of these parents are now they're homeschooling their kids or they're ready to start homeschooling of course nobody was wearing a mask at our place and there was no distancing everybody was inside the windows were closed we were all fine um you know, and the kids had you know they made gingerbread houses and did some arts and crafts and uh, had a white elephant gift exchange it was, it was a lot of fun it was a lot of fun i mean so you know w w a lot of us are still trying to live as free as possible not going along not complying with any of this crap um but you know, unfortunately, it, I mean, it's still you know, as I said, the ninety-nine point nine percent people indoors are masked. Outdoors, <laughs> you'd be amazed. It's similar. Yeah. It's similar here too in Southwest Ohio. I mean, it it blows me away. It's 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 freezing cold outside, and you're walking around, and there's still people wearing masks outside by themselves. Yeah, yeah, and every parent that came by is 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 interested in leaving the state you know some of them feel like you know like, why should we have to leave why are we know well, let's stay and fight yeah but you know they're also thinking about just the future for their kids and you know they're talking about places like you know maybe like idaho montana south dakota a lot of them want to go like to florida or texas or the south just get out of here now, and I don't think just moving to a more conservative part of California is going to make that much of a difference. Uh, and, uh, you know, maybe in the next year or two, if Newsom has his way and, and they keep pushing. So Incredible. Talk, yeah. talk a little bit, if you can, about, um, well, let me ask you this real quick. Let me ask you a quick yeah. question about hospitals yeah. and, and what you know about that. There's one of the, because I wanted to also ask you about what you said earlier regarding um what you texted me earlier about representing uh, yeah. parents and oh, yeah. you know yeah. with a school board uh, regarding the hospitals, have you noticed or heard anything over there about um, hospitals denying people surgeries if they're unjabbed? Ooh, um, I really, I've not really been paying attention much with the hospitals. That wouldn't surprise me. It wouldn't gotcha. surprise me at all. Yeah. Um, I know that, you know, the doctors, I, my mom has, uh, has a lot of doctors and they're, they've completely bought into all this, like, you know, everything, get the vax, wear a mask. Um, there, I mean, it's, it's just, yeah, <laughs> I've gotten arguments with them too. Uh, but you know, none of that would surprise me if, if, if the uh, doctors or surgeons didn't want to treat patients that were unvaxxed, that would not surprise me. But I, I can't say that I've, I've actually heard from anyone who's, who's been denied treatment for, for not being vaxxed. Gotcha. Yeah. That's just one of those, yeah. that's one of those huge things that's going on now in Australia and, 
you know, I have no reason to doubt that it's that it's occurred here in the States. I mean, it certainly has. It's just a matter of where and how often, I guess. Yeah. Well, go ahead and talk about the school board uh, and, oh, yeah. and how you're representing them. Yeah, I start to kind of wrap up with that. Um, I'm representing four protesters in a, in a criminal case, with an, uh, an infraction case. They were all ticketed by police. This was back in October. They're all ticketed by police for protesting in front of the school board president's house. And this is down in San Luis Obispo. Uh, it's about a three-hour drive away in, in Pismo Beach. You know, the city officials weren't happy, obviously, with protesters outside their homes. Um, but, you know, what are they supposed to do? School board meetings have moved online, and they're not allowed to voice their concerns on Zoom when no one will call on them when they use the raise hand button on Zoom. And so so they're out in front of the home of the, of the uh, school board president and the police officer this was about like says i think it was like 7 30 p.m and the, and the police officers arrived a half hour later and they told the protesters you guys can't be loud and no that's not a, that's not any grounds you can make noise you know 7 30 p.m 8 p.m you can make noise that's not really a problem uh and then police informed the protesters uh well you guys are going to be ticketed and uh, one of the one of my clients now, <laughs> they're my pro bono clients. Uh, one of them asked, "What was it, what's the ticket being issued for?" And the police, one of the police officers mentioned some vehicle code. <laughs> and uh, the, one of my clients looked up the law and told the officer, "You know that does not apply. You know, yeah, the, the vehicle code you're citing allows pedestrians to walk along the edge of a, of a roadway." And this school board president's home does not have a, a side, an actual like sidewalk in front of the home. So you have to like stand on the edge of the street, um, you know, to avoid trespassing, but to, to protest. And so the police changed the ticket to reflect some other law. And the, the protester looked that one up and said, it doesn't apply. As you know, there's no, you know, come on, you, you guys are like trying to find some traffic code for us. And police the police told the group, well, tell it to the judge in six months, you know, if you think uh, if you think the code violation doesn't apply. So they, they issued an obstruction of traffic charge <laughs> to ticket the group and basically to prevent them from protesting again. You know, this was on a on a quiet residential street in which the protesters you know, obstructed no traffic. Four yeah, and, and, and it was four people. It was just four people. Yeah. <laughs> well, so the police said, "Oh, you guys, uh, there are no sidewalks here, so it's illegal to protest at that location." And they were told to go, you know, you go block away to the park or or protest on the main street, but you can't protest in front of the the board president's house. And it was all recorded uh, on a video camera that one of the protesters wore. Uh, you know, and this was this was issued. These tickets were issued in an effort to silence legitimate and legal, you know, their sure. legal right to protest. It's a First Amendment right to, you know, to have your grievances redressed by public officials. I mean, there's nothing more protected as political protest in front of a residence of a public official. I mean, Supreme Court precedents even make that clear that citizens have the constitutional right to use the streets for assembly and and communication. Uh, and this is the, this is the Pismo Beach Police Department. Um, God, I hate to say, it, but you know they have a reputation of such behavior. Uh, neighboring police departments do not. 
because uh, the group they they've staged similar protests in neighboring towns, you know, outside that board member's house, and with very different results. But the Piz- Pismo Beach, so you know, they they want to silence free speech, and you know, the board the board there at um, in in San Luis in San Luis Obispo, it's it's called the Del Mar School Board. They they've already violated open meeting laws, and open record laws, and um, you know, they won't. Um, you know they don't allow commentary during the during their Zoom meetings, and um, and they're really really pushing the police. It seems it seems that way that to violate the rights of of others to protest, you know, in front of in, in front of the homes. And I mean, uh, so I'm 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 representing them. You know, this is just this is all like this is fun for me. You know, I'm, I'm I, I I support them. I believe in their cause. <laughs> they they trust me. Even though I'm not a I'm not a criminal defense attorney, uh, but you know they they know that I'm with them, um, and, and it's, it's such a bogus case because you know you read the police report, there were no cars that were blocked. Um, if there was, it was the uh, it was the police cars themselves that were obstructing traffic when they came. There were there were no witnesses, um, no license plate numbers, make or model cars of anyone who's, who who was who was obstructed from driving. Um, so you know this is a this is a very bad case, uh, I think for them. Um, and so I'm, I'm going to represent them. Um, going to make the going to make the arguments. Uh, I'm trying to get a hold of the body cam video that the police has. The city attorney's giving me a little hard time. I may have to file for discovery, but it's worth it to me. Um, you know, they, and, and they're not going to be silenced. Uh, and you know, and, and, and you know, it's not legal to be on the street. <laughs> it's not. You know, as long as you're not obstructing traffic. <laughs> and they weren't jaywalking, and traffic was heavy. So it's just excuses that uh, cities are using to to silence protesters. Well, it doesn't sound like it's going to work here, in particular given the fact that you've got video evidence from the quote unquote protesters themselves. Yeah, I mean that's, right. that's perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and so these are just. I mean, you know, and, and this was this wasn't even one of those. You know, in-person uh, protests. This was, you know, yeah, that you that a lot of us have seen videos of. You know, at the, at the meetings. This was not outside the house of the of the president of the school board. But hey, they're not holding in-person meetings. So well, what are they supposed to do? There you go. You know, I've seen yeah. I've, I've seen similar uh, similar video out of uh, out of Florida. Same exact thing. They have nothing but the Zoom meeting on there. And then the parents show up outside of the president's house and they say, hey, we're yeah. here to ask you some questions. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's, it's fantastic. And they're yelling with their yeah. kids and they're going, we know you're in there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that's in Florida. Yeah. Awful. Yeah. Well, you know, and then you have vaccine passport. That's a whole other topic for another day, maybe. The, the vaccine passport they have at, like, San Francisco now, or you have to show your vaccine status to get into a restaurant and even sometimes at other shops. <laughs> and I'm shocked. I mean, I'm shocked that people are going out and playing these games and doing these things. I mean, uh, are, are, are these yeah. restaurants actually packed with people? You know, it's down. The numbers, the like, um, they're they're probably losing you know, at least fifteen twenty percent of their business. Um, and I don't know if they're getting paid, if they're getting subsidized somehow. I don't know, and that's not going to be. They're not going to be able to keep that up for long either. 
So, you know, it's weird. It's like you talk to some people that they're not over, some of these people are not overly political, let's say. Let's say somebody who's not real hardcore. And I asked them, I said, you know, do you do you actually go inside the restaurants or the stores? And go, yeah. And they kind of say, yeah. And they're like dead. They look really dead. And they're wearing a mask. Uh, and, and I say, doesn't that offend you? And they say, well, it's not, they go, it's not ideal, but, you know, if it helps us get out of this. If it helps us return to normalcy. Wow. It's not helping. It's just getting worse. You're making it worse That's by right. going along, right? That's it. That's kind of the attitude. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care and God bless. <laughs>